recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and the Sixth Doctor. Should I say, mateys? <laughs> yes, and welcome to Tilton Collective Podcast. It's Sunday, so it's Doctor Who time. Yes, we're reviewing Curse of the Black Spot. Out, out, damn spot. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, is this spot on my hand uh, some Merlot? No, it's Shiver not. me it's... timbers, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we're in fine form today, so... On the plank, all of you. All right. Yes, we're here to review the latest episode of Doctor Who, Curse of the Black Spot. And joining us in the room are the following. Mr. Charlie P79, hello, sir. Arr. Arr. And a nautical welcome to Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, good sir. Hello. And ahoy there to the second Doctor, Mr. Graham Sheridan. I am the very model of a Gallifreyan buccaneer. I was waiting for the clip. Not this time round. Oh, no, I've not got that far. I still haven't got the words off the pad. You're so sharp. Be careful, you might cut yourself. <laughs> oh, God, he's good, isn't he? He's good, isn't he? All right. <laughs> From uh, down in the bowels of the ship, it's Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, sir. Ahoy, scurvy dog. I do be hoisting the Jolly Roger. <laughs> woof! Woof! Oh, sorry. <laughs> and with a touch of the scurvy, it's Scardis. Scardis on the cracker. And with a patch over both eyes, it's Mr. Tim Jury. Uh, yo ho ho. Oh, oh, does nobody say that? <laughs> All right, that's the audible uh, Motley crew, and uh, let's lower ye old cone of ye old uh, silence. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What? All right, and stowing away upon our our merry ship is Logan, Cybob, Sonic Sam, Guest 15, Guest 16, who's looking a mite suspicious, and carrying the map with the X on it, it's Merlin. Hello, sir. All right. There's only one other person to introduce, and that's the Typing Monkey. It's news time. Uh, monkey drone go, type monkey, go! Oh, they're fighting over the monkey now. <laughs> yes, yeah, some pirates have a have a uh, have a parrot on their shoulder. No, we have a typing monkey. <laughs> the typewriter keeps falling off. However, all right, 
<laughs> Mr. Dar Skeptical, do you have some timely news, sir? I do. In this uh, period of time where we have kind of visual Doctor Who, we also have some interesting free audio Doctor Who that's coming up on the 16th of May. That's Monday next. If you're in the UK, you'll be able to find at 6 p.m. British, what is it, standard time now? Daylight time? Summertime. Summertime. Yes, at 6 p.m. British summertime. Every day of that week and following for, I guess, at least two more weeks afterwards, there's going to be a single episode of Big Finish Adventures starring Peter Davison, uh, Sarah Sutton, Janet Fielding, Mark Strickson. It's going to be from the last trilogy involving those four actors. So we're going to start with Cobweb's Episode 1, and you'll be able to listen to it in episodic form, which will be quite a neat little treat if you're used to getting um, Big Finish as one whole story at a time. This will be much more like old-time Doctor Who. Uh, And that should mean, and I don't have absolute confirmation on this, but it should mean that you'll be able to get it anywhere in the world on the um, iPlayer, because iPlayer is usually unlocked for audio around the world. So if you haven't got this uh, sort of fantastic reunion of these old characters from 1983's run of Doctor Who, you'll be able to get it wherever you are in the world and you won't have to pay a penny for it. So, exciting stuff there. Should be available, by the way, for seven, each episode should be available for seven days after it's originally uh, broadcast on, what is it, Radio 4 Extra. All right. So not on BBC 7 then, right? No, it's on BBC Radio 7 BBC Radio 7 is renamed Radio 4 Extra. It is still BBC 7, it's just been renamed uh, BBC Radio 4 Extra. Fair enough. Uh, explains it. But, but this should be the first time in a very long time, if not the first time, I want to say almost ever, that I've heard of Davison episodes being broadcast on on Radio 4, Radio 7, whatever you're going to call it. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, um, obviously, Radio 7, back in the days, uh, they did originally launch the 8th Doctor Big Finish series, and they've been running um, Big Finish 8th Doctor series for a while. Uh, Last year, they started doing a few of the uh, Target audio books that BBC Audio have produced, they're now known as Audio Go, and so, but yeah, this is the first time that um, an, um, big, uh, a big finish from an old doctor uh, has turned up, and certainly definitely the first time the fifth doctor has turned up on radio. And that's reminded me of some other Doctor Who news. Um, Go ahead, sir. Uh, I didn't realize I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> Just to remind people that the uh, the tribute to Elizabeth Sladen, the viewing of uh, The Hand of Fear, that will be broadcast on uh, BBC4 uh, on Monday the 9th, tomorrow, uh, parts 1 and 2 at 7.40pm and 8.05pm, Monday the 9th, tomorrow. Oh, and that does bring actually up some other news um, that I came across. Um, after The Sun published a, a story... Uh, saying that uh, they are currently rewriting the Sarah Jane Adventures to uh, explain away her absence so they can continue on the series. Uh, 
Phil Ford actually uh, went out on Twitter and said, what a load of bollocks. Um, and then, of course, the BBC came out with their announcement that that uh, they will be showing the episodes that uh, have been recorded thus far. But beyond that, um, the series is done. Uh, so, yeah, we've had confirmation now. I think basically the Sun, they wanted to clear up what the Sun had been saying. But, you know, um, a source close to the writing staff said this. Um, the funny thing is, is I posted uh, uh, the BBC's announcement in the Sun's message boards. Uh, unfortunately, it never actually made it in there. Funny that their moderators don't like being corrected, I guess. <laughs> yes. And there's another piece of news, isn't there? That sad news. Again, um, not a major person may be known to Doctor Who people, but the Oliver Elms, is it how you pronounce his name? E-L-M-E-S, who designed the seventh Doctor's title sequence, the first one to be used with a digitally designed, you know, computer-designed one, has uh, passed away just recently. Yes. Um, also worked on things like title sequences for Elizabeth R., The Goodies, The Good Life, um, Multicolored Swap Shop, and Top of the Pops. That's Oliver Imes, the man who designed the seventh Doctor's title sequence, sadly died. And this is from the DoctorWhoNews.net page, so I'm not sure of the exact date. Right. Alrighty. Well, I think we shall continue on. Uh, but before we do, here's a quick word uh, from one of our collective members, Tig Spencer, Andy, uh, on if you would like to join in on all the fun and hilarity that goes on in here. And here he is. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling time before dialing in. If you have a fifth point, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone find if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. It's time to uh, hoist the mainsail and uh, sit sail on our uh, review of this week's episode of Doctor Who, Curse of the Black Spots. Roll that wonderful footage. What's wrong? Man wounded. He slipped in the bilge water, Captain, and fell under the rigger. His hand there. I don't know if he'll survive. You're a dead man, McGraw. Same as all the others. She's here. Oh, save her, I suppose. Escape! We've got to go out there for God's own listen for God's sake! The siren is appalling! Shark by every single one of us stuck in the ocean. What's that? Yo ho ho! Or does nobody actually say that? <laughs> yes. yes, 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, to start off, uh, did you want to go first, Dave, or do we want to go to the collective? Uh, well, actually, I think you want to go first because I know from one of your tweets that you were really uh, quite keen on this one. Yeah, then we'll go yeah. to Charlie and then okay. Tim. Me first, me first. Um, I love this. I thought this was, um, I think one of the, the things I, uh, I was talking to a friend about it later on, and I said this this was a classic Doctor Who wrapped up in New Who clothes. Um, I thought this was a great little adventure. It was, um, it, to me, it just sang classic Doctor Who. The Doctor and companions arrive somewhere, find out something's afoot, the Doctor finally figures all out what's going on, and, and everything's going to resolve by the end. Um Aside from a lady with an eye patch somewhere in the middle of that. Um, oh, before we before we get going, we didn't say spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the whole thing. So, <laughs> but um, um, but yeah, I, I I was not looking forward to this. I don't dig the whole pirate scene at the moment. Um, uh, we've still got a one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies on on DVD that we got halfway through and stopped watching and just never watched the rest of it. I think it was the third movie, I don't know. But just really kind of don't get this whole pirate deal, so I wasn't really that looking forward to it. Neither was my wife. She's like, and it looks a bit eh. But she enjoyed it a lot more than she thought she would. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I stood up at the end and I said, that was really good. That was a that was Doctor Who. All over. None of this silly stuff that we had last week. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that now, um, but no, that's that's it was it was really nice. It was uh, um, yeah, it was just a nice little adventure and uh, a nice little bit of a resolution there at the end. And yeah, um, Lily Cole was gorgeous. Uh, uh, Rory was funny as ever. Um, yeah, I thought uh, it, it's really difficult for me to, to to break it down. I just really kind of enjoyed it and sat there and just lapped it all up. Um, last week I kind of broke things out into things I liked and things I didn't because there was that. Um, but no, it was uh, it was really really good. And of course, you know, the TARDIS um, being uh, unavailable, you know, to, to to just transport everybody away. You know, um, and I like the fact that the Doctor didn't have the 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 correct answer the first time out. The you know he's like, oh no no no, ignore everything I said before. It's this. Oh no 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 no, I haven't, ignore all the other stuff. It's this. Um, it was a great little resolution. Uh, kind of saw something coming along those lines once the little boy died because I just I could see the other pirates being knocked off. Um, but when the little boy died, I'm like, uh, there's going to be a way around this now because you don't just kill off the little kid and and, and have it be that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm I mean as 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 most of you know, Sunday nights uh, Dave and uh, Mike and I sit down and record our commentary, and I'm really looking forward to watching it again because uh, I've only got to uh, um, I've only got to watch it once so far, uh, and I really actually for the first time ever I'm really looking forward to actually watching the episode again. Um, so yeah, I I know it's. I mean, I've seen a lot of tweets out there and reviews, and people are like, eh. "But no, this was this was a good adventure. I loved it." So, um, and looking at the chat, people are talking about the uh, killing off of Rory again. Uh, you know, like my wife did make comment that she just said, "Like, how many times can they kill him?" I'm like, yeah, he's he, and Mike just get out of my head, Mike. Uh, I said, I said to my wife, "I'm like, he's like Kenny from South Park, keep killing him." 
But anyway, I uh, shall move aside. And it sounds like I've had a lot of coffee, but I've only had one cup today. So yeah, I don't know what my excuse is. All right. Well, who's next? Yeah, well, well, we'll go, we'll go to uh, Charlie, but we'll we'll obviously hear more from Ian on that commentary. Blackbeard Bissett will give yeah. his pronouncements there. Yes. <laughs> Do you want a beard, Ian? <laughs> I, I I can't grow facial hair. I'm, huh? I'm totally unable. I, I, I shave every like every two weeks. Anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> What's this with really personal? Well, next, I'll be saying that I like take the music and take five. <laughs> Nobody has admit that, even in the quiz show. No, never. <laughs> All right. Okay. Charlie, okay, Charlie. Right, get in here before we ramble too much. Uh, and please, if you want to just uh, have some time from last week's two-parter. Um, yes. Well, yeah, I, I think I don't, I've, I, I'll just concentrate more on, on yesterday's episode. But, um, yeah, I just it's, I sort of expected sort of a um, – fun episode sort of in the vein of Vampires of Venice and that's sort of what we got. Um good good uh I like the performance from uh Hugh uh Beard I mean Hugh Bonneville, Bonneville uh with all his beardiness. And uh yeah, I, I did I did like Rory's uh you know his whole little um his whole bit, you know, after he gets the mark in his hand and he does his little kind of transfixed sort of thing. That was <laughs> You're very beautiful. Um, <laughs> it just, I don't know, it just, yeah, it just, it, it's one of those kind of things. I, I, I watched it, I've watched it twice, and so, um, you know, it, I would say it's fine with me. Um, what's well, kind of, it was kind of you know, like, yeah, talk about the whole Rory dying thing. I did really, that whole bit with him being knocked over the boat was seen kind of. I don't know if it was pedestrian or something like that. Just like, oh, Roy's over the side. It was very like, oh. But um, yeah, I, I think I I don't really have that much else to say about about this about the story. But uh, yeah, it was all right. Okay. okay. All right. Next in line, I believe, is Mr. Tim Jury. It's a bit like last week all over for me because I don't have much to say on this one. As um. All right, I think, I think the first two. <laughs> well, I think the first two weeks of this this series have have given us a taste for the 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 big, the broad, and the melodramatic. And this one, although it was a fun watch, was a bit kind of meh for me. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but it, but it, it it was it was like a, a week of waiting for pirate excitement, only to find that it was a skeleton crew, almost literally, and. <laughs> um, but 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 um, no, it was it was a good watch because you had Hugh Bonneville and you had this great pirate ship. Well, I say pirate ship, this ship location of theirs, and um, Lily Cole as well. Even though she didn't actually get to say anything, although presumably that was her singing. Oh you know, yeah, the the whole episode looked good. I liked the the. The, the little sci-fi twist at the end where they they get sucked into the other universe. And we never did quite find out the name of the aliens whose spaceship it was. And, um... It was the Madame Moth- Pompadour, obviously. Mm, well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 all we know is Moffat's done, done another old trick of his, even though it wasn't his script, this, but it's his show. And that's that he's left things open for a 
a character to return at some later date. So the, the ship tears out of nowhere with a, a pirate crew. <laughs> I know they're needed for some reason. But um, I, 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 up until quite recently, I, w- I wasn't that sure whether I was looking forward to the, 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 the Neil Gaiman one next week, but now I am, because I've seen the, the trailer for it, and I think looks rather interesting. Possibly because the the story's focusing back on the Doctor again. So, um... I think it, it, it it's a few days of doing homework for those of us who've got the, the DVD of Neverwhere, because, um... Neil Gaiman's work has not made it onto television very often. He's more known for his sort of novels and his comic book writing. And so I'll be watching that. Not that it has any connection with the the, uh, the episode, but it's it's something to to watch of his work. But um, I'll let others throw in now. <laughs> I'm sure sure other people enjoyed it far more than I did. Righty, well. thank you very much, sir. Dave, you have another clip for us. Indeed, let's get some excitement building, because uh, it sounds as though I didn't think I had a great reaction to this, but certainly uh, more enthusiastic than that. Anyway, here's clip two. Our sensors picked you up. Ship in distress. Sensors? Yes. My ship automatically noticed-ish that your ship was having some bother. That big blue crate. That is more magic, Captain Avery. They're spirits. I'm the Doctor. This is Amy, Rory. We're sailors! Same as you! Except for the gun thing. And the beardiness. Your stowaways. Eight days we've been stranded here. Becalmed. You must have stowed away before we sailed. And what do we do with them? Oh, I think they deserve our hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose laughing like that is in the job description. Can you do the laugh? Check. Grab yourself a parrot. Take the doxy below to the hey. galley. Set her to work. Hey. She won't need much feeding. Rory, a little help? Yeah, hey, listen, right? She's not a doxy. Didn't <laughs> mean just tell him up. Thanks, anyway. If you're lucky, you'll drown before the sharks can take a bite. If this is just because I'm a captain, too, you know, you shouldn't feel threatened. Your ship is much bigger than mine, and I don't have the cool boots or a hat, even. Time to go. A bit more laughter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter, guys. Laughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's time for Mr. Dar Skeptical to see his piece. Pieces of Indeed. <laughs> um, well, I am, I suppose, somewhere between uh, the enthusiasm of you, Ian, and the sort of blahness of Tim. Um, there's a lot that I really liked about this episode, and I think if you just watch it once you probably will walk away from it being reasonably satisfied. And I think that's kind of what we want at this point in the series, especially given the relatively complex start that we've had. It's nice to have a sort of palate cleansing, you know, easy romp. But um, there's an awful lot about this thing that I don't like. But let's start with the good stuff first. I mean, I loved Matt Smith in this. And I actually, I really, really liked Amy. I thought that Karen Gillan was doing some very subtle things, um, Especially in that scene that we just heard, there's a lovely look on her face after the doctor slips into a little bit more technical mode, and she just looks to the ground and hopes that he'll 
come back to reality and start explaining things more simply again. A lot of lovely little nods. The little thing that Arthur Darvel does in the in the uh, teaser sequence where they burst out of the thing and the doctor says, yo, ho, ho. And then after a few moments, you, you see Arthur Darvel just hesitantly putting out his hand to wave very weakly. And I just love that little um, very subtle but humorous uh, reaffirmation of his character. Um, this reminds me in, in a lot of ways of the creature from the pit, not in any way having to do with the plot details, but the fact that I think a lot of people don't like the, the basic plot and structure of Creature from the Pit, but yet Tom Baker is, I think, at his best in that story. There's just so many quotable Tom Baker lines that come from Creature from the Pit, which otherwise is a fairly drab story. And I think that's the same thing here, it's especially within the first 15 minutes. There's just quotable line after quotable line after quotable line coming from Matt Smith. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I think that the basic story here is about as weak as, you know, Victory for, of the Daleks last year at this same time. I think that the, the characterization of our three regulars is so very strong that it kind of makes up for the many, many flaws that are in the script. Um, and and so it, it is a story that I will rewatch a lot more than Victory from the Dalek of the Daleks, um, but it still is something that um, is going to niggle at me at least as much as that story. Here are some things that I just really have problems with. I mean, the the one big thing is characters in this story have abilities that are completely unexplained. Amy is suddenly able to wield a sword. Now, of course you don't have the, the pirates fighting back against her because they're afraid of the sword. But there still is, you know, at least one moment of sustained sword play, which shows her to have, I think, fairly incredible prowess for, you know, a 21st century girl who probably has never picked up a cutlass before in her life, and she's able to kind of swing it around with some kind of consistency. I find that a little weird, although I do like the outfit. I thought it was – that was some delightful stuff. And, and I liked her spot. I mean, I really thought she was coming into her own – I mean, I, I liked the whole conceit of her trying to save the day because we haven't – I mean, I know that she does kind of save the day in Victory of the Daleks and Beast Below, but not in an overtly physical way. And this was kind of cool to have her, you know, take an ass and take a name. So I kind of like that. But it still doesn't make any sense. Another big thing is – in the storm scene where they're trying to set sail, how the hell do these people know what rope to pull? I mean, you can't just start randomly pulling ropes on a on a uh, a sailboat like that. You have to know which ones to pull, and they're not getting any specific instruction. I, I just found that well, wasn't that ridiculous. the point. That's why he gets knocked overboard. Um, is it? Is that the point? Well, it was because they're not doing what but, they're doing. But, 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 he got knocked over. I suppose, but the thing is, there was never, if Avery had said, you know, pull that line, if there had been some sort of discussion of which one you're going to pull, I, I would have sort of bought it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I see that the exact result of, it certainly isn't given to us in directorial terms that um, Roy pulled the wrong rope and therefore the boom came around and struck him off the ship. I don't think that makes any sense. And in fact, if you look at the scene, he's on the I, – I think I'm right in saying he's on the right side of the boom. He jumps under it, yeah. And then somehow he's suddenly on the left side, and that's what propels him off the ship. So it's not really handled very well directorially at all, I don't think. 
Um, and then, of course, you've got the whole stuff of, you know, at the very end, Captain Avery is suddenly able to just, you know, pilot a spaceship. Uh, I don't know if I buy that there, you know, I mean, there's time there. There certainly is, is the suggestion that there may have been an ability of the Doctor after Roy is saved to come back and sort of give a basic level of instruction to Avery on how to pilot the starship. But, I mean, come on, it's, got, it's, this is, it's not just that mm-hmm. this is somebody who might have encountered a spaceship before and so therefore you know, has a concept of what a spaceship is. This is a guy who would never have even thought of such a thing existing. And then suddenly is piloting it. It's it's fantasy, I guess, and kind of just sort of laugh it off. But to me, it's just another example of how people have unexpected competencies in the episode. I'm sorry. I, uh, no, I'm sorry, sorry Darth, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to come in because I thought what you would have uh, perhaps uh, latched onto on that one, which is something that I did, is that um, I thought of the Star Trek Next Generation episode, I think it was Star where Moriarty is in the holodeck and um, Moriarty learns to control uh, the the Enterprise. Uh, and obviously, even though it's a, a construct of the thing, uh, he wouldn't have that technological knowledge. I, I, I put it into that sort of Thing. Do you know the story I'm referring to? I know what you're referring to, but I don't really buy that comparison because, as you say, this is not the real Moriarty. This is a, 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 a um, construct of the machine. So, therefore, he has – it's an artificial sense of being in the, the 19th century, early 20th century, whatever. Um, it's not the real Moriarty. And I think that once he becomes aware that he has – he's a hologram or whatever, then he has some – he figures out access to the ship through its, you know, computer system. So I don't right. think we're talking, you know, this is a real person we're talking about. This is a, somebody okay. from 1699. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't know if I buy that he suddenly can, I mean, I can understand. Okay, yes, you can steer it because it, that a wheel is a wheel is a wheel. I, mm-hmm. I get that. But, can you know, I, if there are problems, know. how does he land the ship? What do, you know, how do we dock the ship? Is he just going to be traveling through the, the stars forever and ever and ever? Is there a goal in mind? Where is he sailing to? I mean, all those sort of questions popped into my head, and I don't think they were answered. And the other weird thing is, on the flip side of that, the one piece of competency that should have been in the story isn't, and that's Rory, right? Rory's a nurse, and yet he can't seem to instruct Amy on the basics of CPR administration. Seriously? I mean, the... Other people are having problems with the fact that once again Roy dies. Yeah, okay, I got a problem with that. What I have a real problem with, though, is that it's a pathetic and really potentially dangerous depiction of CPR. Like, Amy doesn't even block Roy's nasal passageway, much less get the rhythm apparently right. And this wouldn't be so bad if there wasn't already a perfectly fine depiction of CPR in the BBC Wales back catalog. Forget about getting a medical advisor on set. They haven't even seen Smith and Jones. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it immediately cried out to me like, there is no way what, in the, what she's doing is possibly going to resuscitate this guy. And I didn't even understand why they bothered to take the time to get him into the TARDIS. I mean, why didn't they perform CPR on him right then and there? Why walk him around? And where was the water coming out of his lungs? I mean, the whole thing was just ridiculous. 
Um, and he, he suddenly revived after they stopped, didn't he? They'd actually, she'd actually yeah. stopped, and then he suddenly, spontaneously, awoke. Yeah. But I mean, you're right, they didn't put his head back or anything. No, they didn't do, you know, step one of proper CPR, which was, I think, a dangerous thing to do, especially because, you know, Crack this ribs. is going out to kids, it's going out to people of all ages. It, it should be a basically correct thing, and it was really, really not. And then, um, you know, there's all that stuff about reflection. I think that this was a poor metaphor, a poor explanation of how this, um, what, siren, I guess we'll call her, was popping up. Because um, if you shatter a mirror, you get more reflective surfaces, not less. If you shatter glass windows, again, you've multiplied your problem. Uh, it, that just didn't make any sense to me. And even worse, let, if you look at the specifics and just take one scene, let's look at the, the storm scene, right? Roy is tossed into the drink. The three remaining characters decide to prick their fingers and they call upon the siren. Okay? But where does she come from? Because before this, what's happened? The, the crown has rolled out of the, uh, out of the captain's coat, right? Crown's on the deck. The siren pops out of the crown. The doctor goes over. He picks up the crown. He throws it into the ocean. As soon as that happens, the siren is dissipated. Okay? So we see that there is a relationship between the crown and her popping up. Then you get Rory over the drink. The doctor, for some reason, uses the sonic screwdriver on a wooden barrel. Who, God knows why the thing is even locked. God knows why the thing is even working on wood. But never mind that opens up the barrel in pitch dark in the middle of a stormy ocean. Why it is still a reflective surface, again, God knows, but she pops out of it. Then she goes into the ocean to rescue Rory. Then we get the pricking of the finger scene. But where's the reflective surface? Where does she come from now? The lid is back on the barrel. The crown is in the ocean. So how does she immediately pop up again? It's really not explained. And then what's even worse is you immediately go to them on the ship. Okay, they're now on the spaceship, but they're not in the medical beds. Why do these three people not get in, in placed into the beds, whereas everybody else, even those with just a little paper cut, seem to be already in the bed? What makes them no. so special? That's not explained. Um, so, yeah. at the end of the day, I think this thing has as many logical problems for me as The Beast Below, which is saying quite something. But because it made, it's got some really good character moments, it's got some really good lines, I think, for a lot of people, but especially the Doctor, I did find it enjoyable, but it's crap. It is enjoyable crap. Uh, so, that, that's where I am on it. Okay, uh, well, well, if you let me just before I'll, I'll do my bit later, but one thing I know as well. Come in on a point there, um, just that uh, regarding the whole um, how did the captain know how to pilot the starship? They did sort of um, set it up. Now I'm not, I don't really buy it myself either, but they did say that you know they had the captain on the TARDIS at yeah. one stage. And he, he saw him there. He was kind of um, looking at, all right, well, that's a, a sort of a steering thing. That's a navigation thing. So that, you know, he, if he knows the basics of the TARDIS, that 
you know, a, a spaceship, you know, he'll get, he'll get the hang of that as well. Now, I don't really like that idea, but it certainly looks like that's what they were trying to um, to indicate there. I, I agree, so, and I think they are trying to hint in that direction. My problem is, you know, okay, fine, I can buy that he can basically navigate somehow. I mean, he can he can grab a wheel and he can turn it around, whatever. What I can't buy is how does he land it? How does he dock with anything? I mean, that requires a little bit more precision than one would think than – you know, we're we're seeing, and it just seems like to me there's no end goal. What is he doing on the ship? Where is he trying to go? That kind of thing. I mean, I guess we're not really meant to ask that question, or we're meant to just say, "Oh, great! You know, everybody's alive at the end. Fine, they're happily going off on their little journey." But it's like the big I bang. Mean, the question, well, I, I, <laughs> I, assumed, I assumed he was an old sea dog going off to the dog star to see it because the doctor had said it's a binary system and people didn't know about it, so he was going there. Perhaps he thought he'd learn how to fly the ship during the course of the oh, journey, right. but I realize, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the only one that uh, I'm, I'm not having my proper go now, I'm saving that, and I'll play a clip mm. in a minute, but one of the things I noticed, uh, and I didn't notice, that is a very good point about them not being in the, the beds as soon as. Uh, they think they uh, were in the other ship. But the boatswain, the Lee Ross character, I don't think we actually saw him taken. So, um, Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because that is a huge topic of conversation right now on Gallifrey Base. People are up in arms about that. Frankly, of all the logical things in the episode, that's the least problematic for me because I guess we just assume – you know that he got taken. I mean, we saw that he, he had the black he was mark on him. The ship. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, at this point in the story, you've already seen three people taken. You don't really need to to see it again. It would be a little bit repetitive. Uh, so I don't quite understand why people are being so crazy about that on on Gallifrey Base. But they're dumb apparently fans. It, well, I suppose. <laughs> but I mean, it, it seems it seems like of all the things to worry about in this episode, that would be the least that I would be worried about. I don't right. know. Uh, I certainly wouldn't worry about the, the water. I mean, if you only had three barrels of water, there would be a lot because they would be scared that people would be taking more than their fair share of three three cups a day or whatever. Now, why he needed the sonic screwdriver to open it, I don't know, but I could understand them having a lid on them so that if they rolled about on the deck, the water sure. would smell out. Uh, so mm. I could understand them having a, a seal lid on. Let me play a clip, and then we'll, uh, we'll go to Graham, I think, next. What kind of rubbish... One drop, that's all it takes. One drop of blood and she'll rise out of the ocean. Uh, Doctor, what's, what's happening to me? She can smell the blood on your skin. She's marked you for death. She, a demon, out there in the ocean. Okay, groovy. So not just pirates today. We've managed to bag to your shit where there's a demon popping in. <laughs> the creature. She charms all her victims with that song. Oh, great. So put my fingers in my ears. That's your plan. Doctor, come on, let's go. Let's get back to the, uh... Oh, back to the... You are so beautiful. What? Oh, oh, no, I love your get-up. Oh, it's great. You should dress as a pirate more often. Cuddle me, shipmate. Rory, stop! <laughs> Everything is totally brilliant, isn't it? Huh? Look at these brilliant pirates. Look at their brilliant beards. I'd like a beard. You're not. Music turns them into fools. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't oh, you let me tell you something that he has spoken for. Amy! 
pirate. Many a merchant ship laden with treasure has fallen prey to her. Like a shark. A shark can smell blood. Okay, just like a shark in a dress and singing and green. A green singing shark in an evening gown. The ship is cursed! Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Graham as we welcome. By the way, we've got Steve and uh, Willis Girl and a few other guests joined us in the room. Welcome. I just love that line, cuddle me, shipmate. (laughs) (laughs) Rory always gets some really good lines in these. (laughs) Yes, Graham. Graham Sheridan. Come in, too. Yes. Hello. Where was Evelyn Smythe and Red Jasper? Oh, sorry, wrong pirate story. Ah, yes. Can you hear me? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Anywho, I was just wondering sometimes. Um, geez. Now they're coming after Darth. There's always a blubbing, uh, yeah. It, it's like trying to land after a 747's landed at an airport. It, it, just how do you do it without just dying, really? Um, quite honest, I thought this one was going to be this year's uh, Vampires in Venice. And was approximately uh, with the mental um, settings. Um, well, I went into watching it basically with that sort of in the back of my head. This is probably going to be this year's Vampires in Venice, and I proved wrong. I actually like it a whole bunch more than Vampires in Venice, uh, but like Vampires in Venice, there's loopholes and and sort of bits of the universe missing and cracks and whatnot and. Oh dear, it's a great fun. Just, I think it's one of those ones that you really shouldn't concentrate too much on the um, the bits and bobs. That Darth brought up every very very probably much every single um, failure in this entire story. Uh, I think maybe the best way to enjoy this is just sit there and watch it and enjoy it for just the story it is because it's a whole bunch of fun. It's definitely better than Vampires in Venice. Um, I think I'm going around in circles. Uh, it is. It's, it's really absolutely next to impossible to come after Darth because he really tore it a new one. Well, do, you want, do, you want to have, do you want to have time to think we'll come back to you? <laughs> that, that's just really... It's really sort of taking all the wind out of my sails, basically. I'm calm waters, funnily enough. Um... I mean, like I, you to be lost for words, Graham. I'm quite no, sure. No, but <laughs> yeah, but my words are all gone. Is it dark? Oh, I had a point. In. Right, okay. Um, a couple of things that I will point in. Uh, I think with the with the water barrel, he was actually just trying to remove the nails with the sonic screwdriver because that's the only thing that works. On his, it doesn't work on wood, but it works on metal, and that was part of that uh, part of the thing there. Uh, I, I love the the idea that this. Um, well, I found out um, that she's an automatic doctor. I was rather um, perturbed that she didn't come and say, uh, what is the actual nature of your medical emergency? Please state the nature of your medical emergency. <laughs> your medical emergency. Uh, a la um, Robert Picardo uh, in, in Star Trek Voyager, among other things. Uh, but this, this thing, now my point from this is uh, we're now getting this series crack. Uh, seems to be this woman with this patch on her, uh, her eye, uh, which is sort of leading me to sort of the, the little bit of lines that she's dropping in to come to think that we're in a very much a Bobby Ewing in Dallas situation. And um, Amy's going to wake up and find the doctor and Rory in the shower, whether together or not. <laughs> you know. Uh, but that sort of sort of thing, uh, if you know what I mean, uh, it's just sort of it's sort of the feel I've got for this series. I may be wrong, 
black bottle there may be wrong. We've still got a fair way to go to get to uh, the second part. But it just seems to be the, the sort of little t the little things that have uh, gone on. And the one spoiler I've seen this week, uh, which I'm not going to say anything no, about. Please uh, don't. Would, no, I'm not going to, because uh, it would confirm 100% what I'm thinking. Uh, so, wait, see, uh, this is sort of my, my thoughts, that, you know, especially just off the two times that this eye patch woman's been in with this metal eye patch sort of very uh twin peakish sort of thing um happening there when she looks in uh, that she might be some sort of nurse and you know the thing with the is amy pregnant or not pregnant and the doctor's having problems trying to read it on the tires because it's not in that universe because that's a dream and you know so that's, that's sort of my point. But oh, was it brilliant having um, a Hugh Bonneville uh, in in Doctor Who, and just the way that he was, his presence on screen came across. Just like most of the other things he's been in, uh, had a little bit more um, character to him this time round, as in um, as in Downton Abbey. Uh, and Downton Abbey was supposed to be a bit on the flat side, um, I think. But uh, in this, he was absolutely fantastic. And there was one point that was brought up, just just before uh i can't remember who brought it up i was reading it before um the one pirate and this is this is this is proving the point that darth is uh, on about the um not so much as direction but i think it may have been very badly cut uh whoever was doing the cutting uh or um, cutting and pasting basically uh in the cutting room was doing um a very bad uh, job at some spots um you find that this uh the one where you got this, the part where you've got the two pirates, the one gets nicked from the young boy, uh, so he gets marked with a black spot, the other one has got a black spot, runs away, nicks some treasure and tries to flee. When you get back to that room, he's gone. Yeah. But there's no explanation as to where he's gone, and you've not heard you've not heard the mermaid. Um, I can only presume he's gone bobbing for apples in the, the one barrel waters in the in Well, the well like I said, three have already been taken, so you don't actually need to see him, but there needed to have been a line in dialogue to say, yeah. uh, where's he gone? We've just lost one. Well, we've just lost one ear as well, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is a bit weird. Uh, which probably, I mean, it probably was recorded. Uh, there are uh, snippets if you want out looking for them. Um, uh, the thing where the doctor comes, uh, doctors in in the uh, in the holds and introduces himself for the first time. Um, there's a couple of versions of that, and I've seen the one other version of that, and it, it might have been that it's one of these other versions. It's basically ended in the in the uh, to use a Cyberman term, delete basket, um, and just got deleted. Um, but it just seems weird the, the cut there. Oh, it flowed fairly well, but there are little bits and bobs. You go, where did he disappear to? You mm -hmm. know, there was, you know, like as you said, there was, a, you know, there was no line to say as to where he's gone. Um, but I'm picking holes in something I actually really do like. Uh, watched it twice. It it still comes across the same to me. Uh, love Hugh Bonneville in it. I love uh, the way that Rory's line when he's under the influence of the. Um, as we know it at the time, the siren, but later as the medical program. Oh, those lines, just as you played just before me, it was another sort of thing, um, where he's just been complete and utter idiot, as the, as Hugh Bonneville's uh, captain character actually says, uh, the, uh, Captain Avery, uh, the idiots. Oh, you should dress more as a pirate, <laughs> more often as a pirate, and I just got a greet. They like dressing up and, this couple. 
Oh, yes, but doesn't she look sharp in that gear? I mean, really, it does yeah. suit her. It suits her really well, which makes me think she was born maybe in the wrong era, possibly. Um, or we should have had her in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean films. But, uh, yeah, I understand what Ian was on about uh, with the third one, the third uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film. It was a little bit OTT. No, it was a lot OTT. Um, so, I mean, there's lines all over the place. Amy had great lines. Um, it's You had a feeling, I mean, the this, this script writer there, Stephen Thompson, did a, a pretty good job with the lines and that. Um, the fact that I probably need to see the original script and read that through to see how much was due to direction and the uh, the, the editing room guys to see how much of it got mocked up because of that. Um, but generally, uh, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Just stick your brain in neutral and watch it for what it is and don't try and concentrate too much on which side of the boom that Rory was on and uh, and stuff like that and Amy not knowing CPR. Like it was mentioned in the room, uh, Guest 15 in before uh, mentions that, uh, like my sister will also tell me, uh, they have to actually elect um, to do CPR depending on which or where they are um, in the hospital, what they're going to be uh, or what they're going forward in. Uh, my sister had to learn it because she's a paediatric nurse originally and it's, it's basically anybody that doesn't go into sort of the onto wards and that sort of stuff doesn't really have to learn it so that's probably why he couldn't teach the cpr properly because he might not have known it properly himself and to be quite honest it changed the, the, you know yourself you do first aid courses the rules for cpr changes as the wind changes well, in actual fact, I think that's the American term. In the UK, they use ABC, which is uh, airway, airways, breathing and circulation. Yeah, that was, dumped that was dumped about, I can tell you, because I last heard that in the army about 15 years ago, and it got dumped about 2002, just before I left. So, yeah, that did get dumped for the CPR terminology. So, I mean, it's still got books with that stuff in it, saying ABC. It was an easy way to learn it and keep it in your head, uh, yeah. definitely, but... Uh, Plus plus that Rory does say, well, you've seen it enough in movies, and invariably they get it wrong in movies too. I mean, they don't actually do actual chest compressions. Yeah. You know, they normally got their 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 elbows bent when they're doing it. So yeah, who knows? I mean, to give give you an idea, the one year I did uh, this was during the army. I did the course, and it was 15 compressions to two breaths. And the next year I came back, forget everything, it's 15 compressions still, but it's only one breath. And you're like trying to, oh, and I've got, oh, and yeah, it just gives you a headache. So, you know, instead of tying the, the storyline down in actual facts, you know, just to get it flowing, they'll probably just do it that way. Though it was a little bit silly. Agree with the point that why did they actually take him back into the TARDIS to revive him? I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And no Wrong, wrong, yeah. No Bill Oddie, that's wrong pirate, sorry. Right, I'll play another clip, then we'll go Mike, uh, Scardis, and then Willis Girl. So here's another clip. Okay, we're safe down here. No curse. He's getting through three solid inches of timber. Ah, hello again. How did she get in? Build water. She's using water like a portal. We need to go somewhere with no water. The magazine. Dry as a bone. Oh, the key is gone, Captain. How could it have gone? Barricade the door. Careful of that lantern. He's been sleeping in my gun room. You fool! You fool! 
what's name possessed you, boy. Your mother will be searching for you. When? Last winter. Fever. She told me all about you. How you were a captain in the Navy. An honorable man, she said. How I'd be proud to know you. I've come to join your crew. I don't want you here. It's too late. We're a hundred miles from home. It's dangerous here. There is a monster aboard. She leaves a mark on men's skin. The black spot. <coughs> There's nothing wrong with the boy. He has no scars. It's not just blood. She's coming for all the sick and wounded. Like a hunter chooses his weakest animal. Okay, look. He's got a fever. The siren knows it. My ship, it can set us all away from here. You and me, we fetch it. Let's go. You're not the captain here, remember. Oh, blimey. Uh, and let's go to uh, Mike, please. Yes. Well, this was a pretty fun adventure. It was it was, it was an enjoyable episode. And uh, as I've been mentioning here in chat every once in a while, is that the, this episode is pretty much set apart from the overall arc that we have going on, besides from the, beside from that little clip segment that we had with uh, uh, whoever that eye patch woman is. Uh, then there was later on at the, tar- in, at the end of the episode in the TARDIS when the Doctor was checking the scanner and uh, we once again saw the whole positive-negative results for the pregnancy scan and uh, just off to the side, Rory and Amy talking, d- discussing about the fact they can't tell the Doctor that the fact that he, his future self is still going to die, etc., etc. This, this was a really fun adventure, but um, and uh, pretty much everything that I could say about the episode itself has been said, so I'm going to mention some other things that I've noticed, which is a trend for this uh, series so far. First of all, with the last series leading up to the episode on their website, BBC America, BBC.co.uk would put out these little introductory clips where they would have Stephen Moffat or Matt Smith or Karen Gillan or someone in the cast or crew discussing the episode. And it, these were pretty much... Uh, two-minute at most clips where they would introduce the episode, introduce the story, and the setting, etc. And they are continuing that, this series. But in addition to that, um, we're also getting pro a little prequel bits. We saw the first one with uh, The Impossible Astronaut. Didn't get one for A Day of the Moon because it was the same story. But the week, in, in, in this week between Day of the Moon and, Impos- and uh, Curse of the Black Spot, we had another pre- prequel bit. A little prequel for this episode, which was rather, rather neat. It was uh, it was the captain Hugh Bonneville's character uh, discussing, basically relating his his captain's log, talk, talking to his basically yeah. reading his journal entry. And uh, I, I like if they're if they're going to keep that up for this series, that's a, sort of a neat thing to do. It's, it reminds me a lot of the uh, the Tardisodes that we had for series two, and uh, don't seem to be available anywhere unless you really search around on the internet. Uh, so it's neat that they're doing those again with, with, with the prequel bits. And um, interest, I'll be interested to see what they do for next week's episode, uh, of course, Neil Gaiman's episode. And the other comment is that, once again, it, this week's episode on BBC America pretty much confirmed that BBC America is going to be doing the Amy-narrated preamble just before the, the opening credits for every story this series. I can understand why they didn't have it last week because it was the second part of the, the one full story, 
but I watched it last night on BBC America, and once again we had the Amy narrated preamble about how she met the doctor, her her imaginary friend, and they went off running and have been running ever since. We had that again this week, and uh, who knows? Australia had that had that with Impossible Astronaut. They probably got it again this time, but that seems to be another trend going on. Um, and of course, for people new to the show, whatever, it's just kind of a little just a little difference between them. And the only other comment that I have is that BBC America had their own specific trailer for Day of the Moon for this for this time. For the next time trailer for uh The Doctor's Wife, they just had they just recut the BBC one you trailer by adding adding in their own little uh title cards for, you know, next week on Doctor Who. They added it in their own. But those are just a little, you know, other things about the episode. The episode itself was a fun episode. There's all these little inaccuracies, all these little plot holes, of course, but it, it was just a fun episode to watch, and it doesn't really elicit that much comment. It was just a fun episode, just like Vampires in Venice last series. And that's pretty much it. Thanks, Mike. That's good. Okay, thank um, you very much, Mike. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave the clip for a minute and perhaps go to Scarlet, and then I'll play a clip before we then move on to Willis Girl. Okie dokie. So it's my turn now. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit with Tim on this one. Is that the, the, I just found the episode a bit, meh. you know, I wasn't overly impressed with it. You know, I just I thought it was a bit uh, the the pacing was just a bit off. I thought. Now, this was written by Steve Thompson, who people might remember did the sort of the middle episode of Sherlock last year. And uh, when Sherlock was announced, and he had your know, Stephen Moffat, uh, Mark Gatiss, and this guy called Stephen Thompson reading uh, writing the episodes, you, you notice Stephen Thompson never had anything to do with Doctor Who. I bet you he'll have something to do next year, and lo and behold, here we are. He's written an episode. Uh, so this is his first stab at Who, so we'll give him a few uh, allowances for that. Um, yeah, I thought the kind of the start was kind of cool. They got like most of the cliches of pirates out of the way pretty quickly. Uh, I think, as was mentioned about you know the whole um, swinging about the deck and Amy with the pirate hat and the cool coat and the uh, cool boots and uh, the cutlass and uh, the whole doctor on the plank. Which isn't the first time he's been on the plank, I should point out. There was a scene in the animated episode from 2007, the Martha thing, the Infinite Quest, where he uh, gets himself off the plank using his sonic screwdriver. But um, enough facts. Just my thoughts the episode. Did he, did he go on the plank on Enlightenment? Or was he going to be put on the plank in Enlightenment? Okay, my classic series knowledge uh, isn't... Um, I'm sure somebody else can correct me going in text. To, Go for it. Okay. All right, Grant. Um, but yeah, there's some talking purely on the new series point there that he was there on the Infinite Quest, but uh, moving on. The, yeah, cliches and that, and uh, just the, the whole plot line with the the siren, the mute, well, apart from the singing, the mute siren, and just... Uh, the, the whole thing just didn't really gel and then you have the cliched you know stowaway boy and the uh, the whole mutinies and, and things like that you know and even and Moffat even said it in the confidential we're going to throw every 
pirate thing you can think of. What well, I refer to as a cliche, but you know, the, the pirate, uh, what well, you associate with a pirate story, we're going to throw everything at that mutinies, sirens, kind of, uh, and all that. And just for me, you know, like I, I've seen uh, other kind of piracy Doctor Who stories. Just I mentioned it in the quest there earlier, and there was a couple of um, uh, books uh, that, that during the 10th Doctor run. There's one there called The Resurrection Casket. And there was one there called The Pirate Loop, Resurrection Cactus by Justin Richard, and The Pirate Loop by Simon Gurrier. And just, um, I just thought they, those were better pirate stories, you know, if I'm showing comparisons. And just, you know, like I said, I'll forgive uh, Stephen Thompson. It is his first stab at Doctor Who, and, you know, and... It wasn't a bad story, and, and the performances of the characters I thought was pretty good. Matt, I, mean, I know it was credited before, but I thought he had better performances. He was a bit, you know, I didn't really catch the, the 11th Doctor as we know him here. You know, just particularly um, around that scene uh, where the, the, the we had the pirate captain on the TARDIS. Just, it, it, something didn't feel right about it. Now, I've only seen the episode once. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it, so I might feel different on the second watching. But, you know, um, if I were to rank it, I'd probably give it about two and a half planks out of five. And oh, because I've forgotten to ask people about... Well, I'm sure Ian, towards the end, will ask people that. Yes. And uh, what's that in text that um, Cybob, um, only Tom Baker in Pirate Planet has walked the plank. Um, Graham, did you I want to add anything more about planks? Yeah, that was the that was there. It was only uh, a hologram uh, of, of four as well on that. Another okay. hologram. <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually uh, the fourth Doctor's hologram that walked the plant there and the pirate planet. And what about Enlightenment? Was the one in that? No. Uh, I think actually the problem was more it was centric around Turlo more than anything else. As far as I remember, okay. it's been a little while since I watched it last. Okay. Well, let me play a clip and then hopefully if Willis Girl's audio is okay. We'll go to her, so here's uh, clip number five. You couldn't give up the gold, could you? That's why you turned pirate! Your commission! Your wife, your son! Just how much is that treasure worth to you, man?
Right, uh, Willis Girl, how's your audio? Um, how do I sound? Am I coming Brilliant. here? Yes. Good. I am? Okay. Yep. All right. And we sorted, oh. we sorted out with Charlie, by the way, from last week. Oh, great. Oh, great. That's good. <laughs> um, by no means do I feel that this episode was a masterpiece. I felt that it was a good little romp. Um, there were only three um, things I like had problems with in the episode. The first thing is that you I feel like there was like was a missing scene where where we never saw the uh crew member taken by the siren when they were in that sealed room and then suddenly at the end you see him with the pirates in the spaceship. I I I'd like to have some type of explanation for that because you don't know how the siren got into that room. And that sort of had me confused. And another point I have a problem with was the bow tie. The doctor was wearing a red bow tie, and he should have been wearing a blue bow tie. When he's in the past, he has usually wears a blue bow tie, and this time throughout the um, episode, he was wearing a, a red bow tie and didn't, red didn't we mention? Didn't we mention last week he was wearing a purple one, that they might have actually changed that as a thing? Was that mentioned, Ian, last week? Uh, the future doctor was wearing a purple bow tie, ah, almost oh. like it was a... Conglomeration of blue and uh, oh yeah, clever. Well done. Sorry, Willis girl. Please go on. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yep. Please. Yeah. <laughs> that was just one thing I had. You can see with the red bow tie because he usually wears that when he's in the future, uh, or either he's in the present. And the um, episode clearly took place in the past, so that had me kind of confused as to what was going on there, what was actually going on. And another thing I, I felt really weird was that they kept it. Once again, they killed Rory, and he came back. Oh, my God, they killed Rory. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love the, um, seeing the patch lady again, the lady wearing the little eye patch. I thought that was a nice little touch. And this makes me wonder if... Um, there are two different uh, realities going on at the same time. Maybe that's why the doctor is wearing a red bow tie as opposed to a blue bow tie, because maybe the actions that are occurring in the particular reality he's in now will, I don't know, somehow affect the overall storyline. I'm not sure if that makes any sense. No, no. And don't forget, there was a modern spaceship there, so that could have affected his bow tie as well. There was, there were two ships in that in the story. So whether that was had crashed in that, whether the, you know the element of time was crossing over between the two spaceships as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the end of my comment. There is that okay. was a big talk. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, well, um, just good to. Uh, I'll mute Resident Alien, who we, we might go to in a yes. moment, before I have my go. But I'll play uh, one more clip, and then I'll see... Oh, uh, I'll check Resident Alien's audio then. Uh, ignore my previous theories. Yeah, well, we stopped paying attention a while back. She's not a killer at all. She's a doctor. She won't let us take them. She's keeping them alive, but she doesn't know how to heal them. Why would you let me dear my husband? I'm Sign it. Put your hand in the light. Rory's sick. You have to take full responsibility. He can't breathe. Turn it back on. I'm a nurse. What? I can teach you how to save me. 
Well, hold on. I was drowning. You just have to resuscitate me. Oh, just. You've seen them do it loads of times in films. CPR, the kiss of life. Rory, this isn't a film, okay? Darth, he was coughing up some water then. Everybody lives. <laughs> and uh, we've just had been joined by a resident alien on audio. Um, how, do you want to check your audio and then we'll see if you want to go uh, next before I go? Hello? He just wants to actually listen in. Okay, fair enough. Well, then let me go first. Um, I actually um, enjoyed it more the second time. I've had a chance to see it two times because... Uh, with, with no pod shock on later today, I had a, a little bit more free time, so I was able to watch it a, a second time, uh, and I quite enjoyed it. I did feel as though it did suffer a couple of points. As, as mentioned before, we didn't see the Lee Ross uh, uh, character, the boatswain, disappear, and there was no dialogue to explain it. By the way, if it was familiar to many people. He was also in uh, Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes, it played a very similar over-the-top character in that, by the way, the, the man with the swagger. Um, I thought it was rather good, you know, when uh, Ian said, uh, quite rightly, when they kill the boy, Toby, I thought there must be more to this than them being killed. What was one of the crew members called? Mulligan. And if you're a golfer, you know, a mulligan... You know, you, you have a second go at things. So I thought that might have been a little bit of a uh, a nod to that. Thought the the captain, of course, was absolutely uh, great. Um, I thought that they'd done a lot of the thing very well. I mean, it was lovely that they filmed it basically on well the upper deck part, all on a boat with the rigging and that. That looked excellent. I always appreciate when the actors, you know, do nighttime shoots at nighttime. It does look more effective than you know all these silly filters that sometimes they use. Um, they certainly went to the trouble of uh, not building the Oval Office, but the rib, uh, the body of the uh, the interior of the ship, thought that was seemed to be well done, and uh, it worked presumably well. It was a nice change for the doctors to keep getting it wrong. It was a sort of a running joke through it. Um, the main uh, problem I had was the sudden switcheroo, and I thought we were on the set of Coma, for a while, with all those uh, hanging beds. Um, and I didn't spot it, but my son, Matthew, said uh, one problem he had with it was the fact that, um, although Rory was at death's door because he'd nearly drowned, as we well know, all the other crew members only had very slight cuts. So you would have thought that once they were uh, detached, um, th they would have been okay. Well, indeed they were, because we see them sailing off into the sunset, but it, it, seemed, to, it seemed to be added on at the end. I did get the feeling that, um, and, and I'm not too sure somebody in the room might be able to tell me, that this particular episode wasn't intended to be the third episode, and therefore they perhaps had to shoehorn or rejig the last five or ten minutes of it to make room for the ongoing plots like that, that uh, 
was mentioned the you know the the woman with the uh, eye patch and that and uh, the editing may well have suffered uh, that little bit as they they perhaps had to cut parts of the earlier scenes out particularly the loss of the uh, the bosun uh, what else um th- th- i mentioned before i thought of that star uh trek the next generation moment with the 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 captain seeming to be fairly familiar you know a ship is a ship is a ship uh, type of thing, which seemed a little bit flippant, but that's what it reminded me of. And uh, let me see, I think that is pretty much all I have to say. I think it's going to be a sort of light-hearted throwaway episode. Uh, it wasn't as intense as anything like Midnight, which was a bored, you know, contained thing. But it certainly, I thought it it, it, it was one that you should watch with a, a fondness, a nice eye, uh, Amy did indeed. I thought she she's. Um, I'm certainly warming to her, like uh, Dorothy's. I think she certainly looked good in the outfit, and uh, Rory as always was good. Oh, and that was it. I think uh, I, I was disheartened by the fact that we have another major character seeming to be at death's door are dead. Uh, but I think again, if if it is indeed true that this was taken out of the original sequence order. They were intending to, you know, have have one of the main characters die each week, and I will be quite disappointed with next episode, the Doctor's wife, if indeed one of the others uh, d- dies, are uh, virtually is at death's door. Well, it's Amy's story. turn, isn't it? Well, that's what I mean. I, that's what I mean. I, I just, I, I've got a feeling that this amount Rory week. dying was unfortunate. <laughs> it was written into the story, but it wasn't intended to follow on from another right. story where. I mean, he was in a body bag last week, let's face it. So, um, that that was that. So, um, basically, if um, Resident uh, Alien doesn't want to talk, uh, I've got one more clip to play us out, Ian. So, uh, I suggest you, whether you want a free-for-all, or just uh, go around and indeed come back to you, because you spoke right at the beginning. Well, I've got nothing more to add. I mean, yes, there's... there's uh People have thrown up things, but it's it's one of those things. Uh, I just really enjoyed it, and it's uh, uh, like I think Graham said, you know, uh, just it, it's just fun. It's just a fun episode, and yeah, there's some inaccuracies, but there's inaccuracies in every episode, and we're fans, and that's what we do. We go through and we pick out the bits that don't make any sense, uh, and and sit there and quibble over them, uh, and. This is just one of those ones I just really, really actually just didn't expect that I would like and then and ended up going, hey, that was fun. I enjoyed that, you know, um, and that's the main thing. Uh, uh, oh, we've got ratings coming into the room now. Yay! <laughs> uh, okay, looking at the ratings from uh, those of uh, uh, that have either already spoken um, or are in the text chat. Scardus gives it a 2.5 out of 5. Cybob gives it a 2.5 out of 5. A 2 from Resident Alien. A 2.5 from Guest 16. Uh, Charlie, do you have a rating for it? Uh, I'll, I'll go slowly higher. I'll give it a 3. Okay. Uh, no, no, I'm changing that. No. Oh, Dave says 2.5. No, I'm changing that. Oh, you're changing it. 3.5. It advanced on 3.5. <laughs> a rating, Darth. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
for the for the logic of the, the thing, I've really got to give it a zero. I mean, seriously, it's it's at the level of Beast Below for the sheer lack of cohesive sense. For you know, turn your brain off fun. It's fourish, you know, four and a half. It really is quite nice for acting. I think it's about a five. I love okay. the kid. We haven't really talked about the kid. Yeah, the kid. Is yeah. The kid is, I mean, again, Andy Pryor, the casting director, just hits it out of the ballpark with kids. I mean, I don't know where he finds these guys. But why wasn't he around for the casting of episode one of Star Wars? That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, just tremendous. It's a sad thing that he's sort of, you know, tied into this ship. I don't really understand, by the way, why the doctor couldn't cure typhoid. I mean, that's a fairly basic sort of thing by the doctor's time. You'd think he'd pop into the TARDIS in the medical bay, get a shot, and be done with yeah. it. But um, it's sad that you know he's on this ship, because I would love to see that character again, just like I'd love to see Elliot Northover again, just like I'd love to see you know Amelia again, You know all these people. Just like I'd love to see any of the kids from uh, the empty uh, child again. Um, but yeah, for acting, I think it's a five. There is not a dove thing in this. Um, even even the sort of backgrounding characters, like the the uh, the, the big sailor who's the one that gets uh, spirited away first, he doesn't have any lines really. But his presence is rather mad. Just the way that he mm-hmm. does the forced laugh when the doctor says, you know, more laughter. Uh, I, I I love the acting. So five there. I don't know overall what that means. I just know this is one of the, again, this is a thing like Creature from the Pit. I will watch this episode again quite happily, much more happily than, you know, Beast Below or whatever. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it is illogical, but it, there's so much fun in it um, that it, I almost forgive it that. So I don't know what the final rating is there. You can ask yourselves. <laughs> All right, more from the text chat. Uh, 5.5 from Sean59. Uh, out of 5? Yeah, you really liked it then. Uh, Willis Girl goes to the 3. Uh, Sonic Sam, uh, 2.5 out of 5. Uh, and Graham, a rating? It's, it's just a nut whisker of being an absolute perfect 4. Um, it's really, I'll say four because I can't. I don't want to start chopping up numbers just to get precise things, but I say four. Uh, really enjoyed it. Switch my brain into neutral. Just let the the as soon as I sort of saw it, it's just a, a sort of fun episode with slight darkness to it. Like yeah, I'm gonna like this. Uh, was so chuffed it wasn't another Vampires in Venice uh, or even the Beast Below, and uh, or even Victory of the Daleks. Uh, so yeah, picture Teletubby. So yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, so. We've got a, another quick clip here, and then I'll get the rest of the ratings from those on uh, uh, on audio. So play that clip there. Dave. Yeah. And instead of playing this out with this clip, it might just uh, prompt some other comments. So we'll play it now as we've uh, got plenty of time. I thought I was an excellent pirate. I thought you were an excellent nurse. Easy, Tiger. Good night, Doctor. Good night, Amelia. You only call me Amelia when you're worrying about me. I always worry about you. Mutual. Go to bed, Pond. 
I'll tell him. Out of the ears. <laughs> oh, I do love that the 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 building a motorcycle in your in your bedroom. I <laughs> I don't know why. It just strikes me as funny. Yes. So, uh, well, let I'll me remind the... you. Of the, let me remind you of the order we went in. If you just want to give people another go, it went okay. Charlie, Tim's left, so it's Charlie, Darth, Graham, Mike, Scardis, Ian, Willis, Girl, me. Okay. Where you go then, everybody? No, I'm kidding. Uh, anybody want to make any comments on the next time trailer, uh, Charlie? Um, no, I mean, yeah, looking forward to seeing it. Uh, you know, Neil Gaiman looks very, looks very, uh, you know, something that he would he would write, and um, yeah, it looks it looks very good. Darth, any comments? I think I'd just go along with Charlie. I mean, it does look good. It certainly looks uh, intriguing. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in it. I, I, I'm a little surprised to see that the Ood that we saw in the uh, the trailer at Christmas time is appearing in this episode. I wouldn't have quite uh, anticipated that. Right. Um, that was the thing at the end that, that Liam and I looked at each other and went, Ood! <laughs> yes, yeah, and green, you know, so that was... Surprising, you know, because I, I was thinking that this was going to be hearkening back to, um, you know, classic serial. I mean, there is that. I don't guess it's a spoiler to say that he himself has said there's something about the war games in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, it's gonna we're gonna see something in the trailer that might hearken back to the war games, but instead we got something hearkening back to, you know, end of time, I suppose. Um, so that's surprising to me. I, I think it looks gorgeous. I mean, just from the one matte painting that we see there, you know, of the spaceship or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the background, I think you can get a sense that, yes, indeed, this was an episode that is expensive. And so you can say, this is why it got moved to the point that it, to, to this season, as opposed to being made in Series 5. Because there does seem to be something expensive going on with it, so right. I, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah. I've I've resisted looking at any of the, the plot synopsis or anything to do with any of this because I just want to sit there and just. Well, it's actually the same with all the episodes mm. this, this season because I felt that I spoiled myself too much with the last uh, series. So this series, I'm kind of going in blind on on just about everything. Just mm-hmm. nice. A nice way of approaching it. I've been very, very good. <laughs> All right, Graham, any comments on the next time trailer? Oh, 
all kinds of excited. Uh, let's see. I mean, this this sort of had the excitement of the um, the Angels um, two-parter from last year for me. So I hope I won't get disappointed. But it's been written by Neil Gaiman. I mean, come on. I don't think I'll be disappointed. I'll be looking for the uh, all the clever sort of liners, one-liners, and that. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Excellent. Who is who is this person? And who? What is the, the the one thing that he has dropped all over the place? What is the one thing that uh, is across? Or hasn't been seen since the um, since the war, the games. war games? Since, yeah. uh, that's come back in. Though saying that, not forgetting that at the end of the war games, when the Doctor is being uh, put uh, under pressure by the Time Lords, and he says, um, "Now here's all the enemies that I've faced." Are there any monsters that he's he's brought up there that are going to come back, possibly? Right. It's just a thought. Interesting, yes. We shall find out next week. Mike, any comments or thoughts on uh, the next time trailer? Uh, Not really, just that this is the the episode that I'm really looking forward to. Neil Gaiman finally writing for Doctor Mm -hmm. Who, an episode they were supposed to get last series, but were was pushed back, and as uh, Cybob has mentioned in chat, the fact that we're finally going to see that Blue Peter contest winning kid designed TARDIS console ah. in this episode, Ooh. and the fact that it was, you know, not in last series and we're putting it was pushed back to this series. That's the reason Gaiman's episode was pushed back to this series. Oh, ah, so now it all gonna, makes sense. So now yep. we know it's going to look like a motorbike, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, a, a TARDIS console made of things you'd find commonly in a kitchen will be in this episode. But yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. Can't wait to see it. And of course, what? the Ood were a trending topic on Twitter for quite a while after the episode aired. Oh, excellent. That's cool. All right, Scardus, any thoughts on the next time trailer? Um, well, to be honest, I haven't been really um, looking at it. Like yourself, I wasn't looking at any sort of promotional material about it, you know, plot lines or anything, so I have no idea what's coming up ahead. Now, now I'm not Gaiman's biggest follower or anything, I've, I've seen Coraline, I've seen um, Stardust, I've, I've yet to seen Mirror Mask, I've, I've admitted, and I wouldn't really be into reading his stuff, and, and likewise, I wouldn't really be, I wouldn't have been someone who was looking majorly into uh, Richard Curtis's um movies or material last year and I love Vincent and the Doctor so I, I'm, I'm confident that this should um, uh, should be good should be, um, it should be a fun episode so I'm looking forward to that and, and fingers crossed now that the, the Blue Peter effort this year is a lot better than the last time they consulted the Blue Peter and we'll say no more Okie dokie and lastly Willis Girl any thoughts? Um, just that I think that the episode looks exciting, and I can't wait for it to come up. Excellent. And uh, <laughs> Resident Alien says in the chat, I thought the trailer time, uh, for next time deliberately avoided showing avoided showing too much, and it makes uh, me all the more excited. Uh, makes me suspect that it's a great episode. Uh, so yeah, we are all excited. Dave, are you excited? I am indeed. Uh, uh, it. Uh, looks as though it really might be one because uh, this is not a spoiler but if I, I think I'm right in saying is this is the chap 
who has always said he'd like to have more of the inside of the TARDIS shown, isn't he? So whether we will see a little bit more of the inside of the TARDIS in this episode, uh, that would be nice. That 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 brings up a line from from uh, Curse of the Black Spot that I wanted to bring up and I completely forgot about was the Doctor's reference to the additional rooms in the TARDIS when the Captain comes in. His kitchen's over there, numerous bathrooms there, there, and there. Love that. Love that there was. I mean, there's been references to you know an occasional room like the the midi lab is up the stairs, but the, here here it was actually just pointing around saying, oh, the kitchen is a kitchen. The TARDIS has a kitchen. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that Whoa, everybody all at once. Sorry. We sorry. Yeah, I was just saying we had a bit of a library. Uh, well, I think it was a library. It was kind of a, a storeroom fireplace place in um, one of the adventure games there from uh, last year. Um, James Moran's story, TARDIS. So, yeah, we've had a bit of exploration, but um, yeah, we should find something very interesting in the game and episodes. I've heard that much, anyway. Darth? I was going to say, not only were there additional rooms mentioned, but this is the first time in uh, televised Doctor, at least, that a companion has bid the Doctor goodnight. And, not only that, but that two companions have very obviously gone off to the same bedroom. And there is a point at which we see um, Amy and Rory, quite appropriately, sleeping together on the ship. Yes. Mm. Yes, quite nice. Yeah, and Resident Alien puts in text. I don't know if he wants to come on audio at this point, but uh, they've been teasing more of the TARDIS, haven't they? <laughs> and one of those girls says, how come this Antiguan had to share a room? Who said oh, they, they didn't had, have to. They didn't <laughs> have to share a room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. More on that from BBC4 Extra later this week. I've always known it's some place to have a bath, but a toilet... Because that was always a thing from the olden days. It's like, where is the toilet on the TARDIS? You never say there's a toilet. You never say there's a toilet on the uh, USS Enterprise either. But, you know, you presume there's such things there. Exactly. Before the show goes down the toilet, I think we've <laughs> 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 uh, Yes, yes. Oh yeah, somebody and it's like up says where Sulu's oh my <laughs> There it is. <laughs> All right, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, actually that does wrap it up for us and you can catch us here next week at uh, two PM Eastern Daylight Time on Talk Show ID five four eight two one where we will be uh, discussing the doctor's wife. Ba-ba-ba-boom. Of course, we yeah, know what it's going to be about. The doctor gets married, has kids, and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's all it's about. And River's nowhere in sight. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Um, that that would be me, Dave. That would be me. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes, next week, uh, dude, as, as Resident Evil puts in, uh, there will be uh, a Cult and Collective podcast, and it'll be followed by probably Podshock. So busy day for Doctor Who fans, but uh, join us next week. So yeah, uh, prompt, prompt start at two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The Doctor's wife. Yes. 
All right, so from Dave and myself, I'd like to thank everybody who came on audio today, Charlie P79, Darth Skeptical, Graham the Second Doctor, Randolph Thor, Resident Alien, Scardis, and Willis Girl, and of course Tim Dury, who is no longer with us. Not in that way, but he just left. Uh, and all of you under the code, I voted for Saxon, Merlin, Cybob, Sean, 59, Sonic, Sam, uh, Logan was here earlier, uh, Steve Law is here, guest 16 and guest 18 and all the other guests in between. So, there's nothing more to say then. It's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from that Blackbeard Bissett. Arr.